So the way the LinkedIn algorithm kind of works these days is it rewards conversations. So if you can get as many people commenting over on that post, that's a good thing, right? So that's our first, you know, big tick, not unusual for people to have a company page that kind of just sits there gathering dust. So what would I do to start her up again? First thing that I want you to do is- Let me ask you something. Are you neglecting your LinkedIn company page? Yep, if it's anything like me and our company page, it's probably something that's been forgotten, something that's been put to the back burner of your strategy. And the fact is that LinkedIn company pages can be an important part of a video and marketing strategy here at the start of 2024. So on today's episode, I've invited a LinkedIn company pages expert. In fact, she wrote the book on it to share more for you guys on the show today. So if we haven't met yet, g'day, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my goal to help you engage your ideal audience through effective video marketing strategy and to build confidence as a video strategist. So welcome back to the show and welcome back to 2024. There's been a bit of a pause in the episodes here as we've kind of got the ball rolling here, both in my agency and with Engage Video Marketing, but I'm excited for a great year ahead. So my guest today is Michelle J. Raymond. She's a founder and LinkedIn B2B strategist and corporate trainer at B2B Growth company. She developed her passion for helping businesses grow during her 20 years in B2B sales, leadership and account management roles, where she discovered the power of social selling on LinkedIn. And that was about eight years ago. And so she's kind of built her career over the time, really focused on helping people with LinkedIn. And there's a highlight in her bio here that she actually achieved a $2 million sale from a LinkedIn post. What's that about? Well, good news. I asked Michelle exactly what that was about. So keep listening. She's a globally recognized LinkedIn company pages expert. She co-authored the world's first book on company pages. It's the international bestseller, Business Gold, Building Awareness, Authority and Advantage with LinkedIn company pages. And she's published her second book, the LinkedIn branding book, Power of Two, Build Your Personal and Business Brand on LinkedIn for Exponential Results. Now, Michelle is awesome. She's a wealth of knowledge and she's a fellow Aussie. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Michelle J. Raymond. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Ben. I'm excited to actually get on a podcast that's hosted in Australia. So it's a special one for me. Well, it's an interesting story that, you know, we're both Australian and we're connecting here virtually, but we're both in Australia and, but we're actually in a couple of weeks time as of recording this podcast, we're both going to be over and speaking at social media marketing world in San Diego. And that's how we connected. So when I saw your, your specialty, your area of expertise around LinkedIn company pages in particular, I was like, okay, I got to get you on the show because I need to figure it out for myself. And I hope our listeners need to figure it out as well. So thanks for being here. Um, kind of selfishly, I guess. It is my pleasure. And don't worry, you are not alone. Most people haven't figured it out. And some days I'm left scratching my head because the things that LinkedIn keep changing on the platform, they move at breakneck speed. And, you know, I'm going to share as much as I can today. But yeah, looking forward to speaking in uh, San Diego as well. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, awesome. Well, well done. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your presentation as well. So Anyway, let's talk about you. So I did a little bit of an introduction to you there, like your bio, but tell me like what got you into the world of LinkedIn? Why specialize in LinkedIn and, and how did you get here? Around nine years ago, I started a new job, which I got through LinkedIn. So everyone knows LinkedIn's the place where you upload basically your resume and you could go for jobs, you know, and we're talking 
yeah, eight or nine years ago now. And I started a new job in a new industry and I was selling raw materials and ingredients into the beauty industry. So think about all those products you can't pronounce on the back of your shampoo bottle. That's what I would sell. Except the problem was I didn't have any existing relationships in the industry. I didn't even know how to pronounce most of the stuff. And ultimately I was starting a new industry with customers spread around Australia. And they said to me, Michelle, here's 80 customers. Here's 10,000 ingredients, go and sell. And I was just left flabbergasted going, I don't know how the maths adds up here. How am I meant to reach as many people as possible? So I went back to my boss and I said, look, can I put some content out on LinkedIn? He goes, what are you talking about, Michelle? And I said, well, I think he can post and do some stuff. And he said, is it free? And I went, yep. And he goes, I don't care what you do, just go and sell. And so off I went, you know, I started to create content. Then I realized, if you just create content, but don't build a community, you're effectively talking to yourself and vice versa. If you've got a community, you've got to do things to you know, entertain them almost. And so that's what I did. And I built the world's most amazing community in that space that no one else was doing it. It was my way of standing out and fast forward six or so years. And I now teaching other people how to leverage LinkedIn to grow their business. So from where it started to where it is now, it, it's been a lot of fun. But I think for business owners, it's the place that you need to be. So when you talk about built a community around, uh, you know, these ingredients right this science i guess you know what what sort of community was it were you and what sort of content were you putting out as well that, that brought people into that what you call community well straight away ben i had to work out i was never going to win sales against my competitors based on being the most technical expert like there's no way i'd never started chemistry or science or did anything along those lines so for me i had a manufacturing background so that's the piece of the puzzle that i got so when I got onto LinkedIn, I thought, I'm going to do what I always love to do, which is help people and solve problems. That's effectively what sales is for me. So I thought, how can I be most helpful for the people that I wanted to connect with? And so I started to explore what are the new trends that were going on in the industry, like the beauty industry, skincare, hair care, all that stuff, heavily driven by trends. So I'd look around the world find what was going on around the world and come back and post about that. And it was very simple. Sometimes it might be a link to a product. Sometimes it might've been a post that I'd write and I enjoy writing content. So I was having a bit of fun with that. But to answer your question about who I was connecting with, I started with my customers first, you know, the ones I'd already worked with. And this is what I encourage other people to do. And then I started to work my way out. So who else was in the industry that I wasn't connected to that maybe I wouldn't sell directly to, but maybe they were involved. And so that started to maybe it was manufacturers. Maybe it was people who weren't necessarily formulating, but there might be the customer service team or the marketing team. Pretty much I was figuring how many people at the target companies could I possibly connect with? And I had a reason for that because you don't know who knows who in a business, who has lunch together. Who's worked together for 10 years? Who had fun at last year's Christmas party? Who swapped, you know, um, departments? And these are the kinds of things that off I went. And after I'd finished like the local stuff, I just went, how about I start looking internationally? And I moved across and had a look at the people in New Zealand and off it went. And, you know, at one stage it ended up across the globe. I was the person on LinkedIn that spoke about this. And it was really cool because it solved one of the biggest challenges that I had been, which was trying to get to decision makers. 
And at the same time as a sales rep, I was getting paid for, you know, and my KPIs were all about customer visits. At the same time, everybody on the other side didn't want me to come and see them. They were moving away from wanting to deal with salespeople. And I've seen that happen even more. I mean, how funny is this? I worked 20 minutes away from the Unilever site, so a huge global brand. I could never get into that site here in Sydney, but I could reach the head of Unilever's research and development in Europe and North America without too much trouble. Mm. And I think that's the lesson that I want to share with people today is it's the place where decision makers are that you don't have to bombard them with another email because no one needs another email and they can consume it at a time that works for them. And so it's been a really interesting thing to go from someone who loves sales to now all of a sudden going, nobody wants to talk to salespeople. So what do we do? And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that some more today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great story. And, you know, I think there's a lot that I want to unpack and I do want to get into the, the tactics like quite deeply into this episode. But let me just ask that, um, play the devil's advocate here and ask you the question for that person out there who has kind of been ignoring LinkedIn for their business. Um, or particularly ignoring their company page. We'll get to that as well shortly as well. But just generally, they're, they're looking at other other platforms as their as their content play. So, what would you say to someone who's who's been ignoring LinkedIn to this point, particularly now in twenty twenty four? Because it is changing all the time, right? It absolutely is changing all the time. And even though it's been around for 20 years, it really doesn't have any real direct competition out there with the other social platforms. And LinkedIn's kind of like the uncool cousin to all of the other platforms. It doesn't really jump on trends or fads. It's not the place people are rushing to. But the reason you need to make it a part of your business strategy for marketing is that it is the number one trusted platform. It is the number one B2B platform where people go to do business. When you're on LinkedIn, you're in that frame of mind, professional frame of mind. Now, that's not saying that other platforms can't be a part of this and you can't be active on them. But for me personally, I look at it in Australia, there is literally... 65% of decision makers have a LinkedIn profile. You are looking at roughly 48% of our population has a LinkedIn profile. We are one of the highest per capita users of LinkedIn in the world. And so I just have a philosophy, you go fishing where the fish are. Mm. The people you want to do business with, they're on LinkedIn. And so, you know, if everyone else is over on, you know, maybe other platforms like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, and all your competitors are focused over there, there's a real, you know, a, a real big opportunity for them over on LinkedIn just as much to reach the right people across all kinds of industries. Yeah, and as you say, particularly, you know, if you are in a B2B industry, it, it is the platform really to be making those connections. But what role do you think LinkedIn has if you are a B2C type business? I still think it has a big place you know, a big play, sorry, I still think it has a big part to play. And yes, your target customers may not be on the platform. Although I would argue that if your audience is a professional person with budget, they're on the platform and you could probably catch them at a time when they're still scrolling socials. But for me, I think COVID was the prime example of why you need to be on LinkedIn and B2C. Because what happened was the whole world blew up overnight. 
all of the traditional methods of doing things went out the window. So no more trade shows, no more going out and visiting people, all that kind of stuff. But the other big issue that happened for B2C was the supply chain fell over from start to finish, from manufacturing, logistics, all the way through. Now, what happens if you need to find a backup partner in any of those areas? Maybe it's a legal area. You're not going to go straight to TikTok and trust somebody immediately from that when you're looking for someone you know, within that supply chain. So it's more than just finding your ideal customers because bringing any business to life is more than your customers. It's all the th- pieces in the background, all the other moving pieces, you know, like I said, logistics, legal, supply chain. We need to have partners in that. And that's why it's just important, just as important for people in those spaces. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So LinkedIn is, it, there's kind of two different ways to be present on LinkedIn, right? There's the the personal profile and then there's a company page. Can you help us understand how you see the, the difference or the different uses of those? If you if you are obviously a person in a business, whether you own it or not, but you also represent a company, right? Yeah, there is a difference. Even if you are a solopreneur or a small micro business, then there is a difference. Your personal brand is one thing, your company brand is another. So what we have on LinkedIn is we have our LinkedIn profiles where traditionally they were the upload your resume and off you went. But the opportunity for people running businesses is to take it beyond that. It's almost like your 24 seven web page, which you can, you know, it works for you when you're asleep, when people are coming to look from all kinds of places. But ultimately you've got your LinkedIn profile, which is personal. And then a company page is how you set your business up. Now everyone should have one of both. That's a non-negotiable for me. How much time and effort you put into both sides depends on how big the business is. So I would say if you're a smaller business with just maybe yourself, then you're going to focus most of that time on your personal profile. So the question becomes, well, why do I need a company page, Michelle? Mm. Why even bother? And the answer to that is try Googling your business name. What will happen is you'll have your website typically comes up first, maybe a couple of other things, but your LinkedIn company page comes up in probably the first half a dozen results. Now, if someone's doing their research, maybe you met them face to face, maybe they're thinking about doing business with your company, but they'll do their own research in the background. And that's what we know buyers are doing today. Now they have two choices. If they see your LinkedIn company page, LinkedIn's a trusted platform. So by association, the company page is trusted. They come across, what are they going to find? Red carpet rolled out or a ghost town? And that's the choice. And I've seen too many examples where people come across a LinkedIn, don't find anything, and it really lets that team, you know, kind of down. So don't ignore it. It can be used to make a small business seem bigger and more legitimate, not just a side hobby. You know, for some of your clients that you work with, people might think, oh, it's just, you know, someone with a camera does it in their bedroom and they're not really a real business, but this can really legitimize that and make it, you know, just that bit more professional. Yeah. So with larger companies as well, you've often got many people who have active LinkedIn profiles, but they're part of a company, they're representing a company. So yeah, sometimes I think that comes with challenges, right? Because you want people to go out and be be themselves, build a personal brand around their expertise, but you also want them to represent the company. So where do you think those larger companies with multiple staff active on LinkedIn, how can they manage that, that 
kind of challenge, I guess, between who, who are you representing online and, and how is your online profile representing the company? That is the million dollar question that I think a lot of business owners right now are struggling with. On one hand, they see the benefits. On the other hand, if I had a dollar for every business owner that said, but Michelle, if I get my team active, my best people will get poached. The competitors will come after them. They'll know how good they are and they'll go and steal them. And I have been that person that I got opportunities because I was building my personal brand. And the thing is, people will come and go, but I don't think that they're ever going to leave just because of that. You know, there'll be other things. So this is where I think the dynamic is shifting right now, where businesses have to come from a place of trust and you have to use the business brand to help build up the personal brands. Employee advocacy, traditionally, when we talk about it is how do you get those employees to just talk about the company all the time? And it's not very inspiring for the employee. And I don't think it's very effective because it feels like it's not genuine. So how do we find the shift where we trust our employees? And a lot of that comes down to having clear policies up front, having ongoing conversations and training and putting up some guardrails with people. We don't want to just let them go free for all. Um, but at the same time, it's their personal profile. You know, at the end of the day, it's not yours. You have no control over it. So I think the thing is education and support and checking in and just making those resources available and not just saying, you know what, it's that person in marketing. It's their job. It's not my problem. No, this starts from the leaders and works all the way down. So, but I think it's a conundrum that's going to be around for a little while longer. I don't think there's an easy solution. But I think when you start investing in things like structures and teamwork around this and making it a real thing where there's people are rewarded for the effort that they put in, not just, can you go and do this just because you work here? Like, come on, th th those mm. days are long gone. So I think that naturally leads into the question around, and it's something that I've struggled with as well. And even as I'm the, the business owner of my company, but I also have you know a personal brand I'm building through LinkedIn. When I'm creating content or if one of my team are creating content, should that content be posted on our company page or should it be posted on the profile page, whether I'm the owner of the business or not? Like what, how do you make that decision? Look, the fact is as individuals, we've probably got far more connections than what company pages do. Mm. And the reality is on LinkedIn right now, if you did a, exactly the same post on a company page versus a personal profile, you are going to get that post seen by far more people on the personal profile. That's just the nature of the platform right now. So it comes back to what are the goals, what are the resources that you have, and how much time can you spend in both? My advice is as much as I love company pages and they're an important piece of the puzzle, if it's a couple of people in the business, you're going to spend more time over on your personal profiles and building that personal brand just because it's going to give you a better return on the time and resources you invest. But you need to keep the company page ticking over. And again, that's in case people change, people come and go. That's part of life. Uh, but also, again, just you don't want to let the company brand slip and just focus all on people. And, and I think it's all about that balance. And the good part is it can be little things like as a personal post, you tag the company page. It could be as a personal post, you use some of the company's branding and colors, and that can be helpful to really build both of the marks. So it's not about one's necessarily better than the other, 
They just work differently. And depending on your goals and resources is how much time you'll spend in each. I want to run something by you, Michelle, then, because when I'm creating video content for our clients and when I'm consulting with them on the strategy behind that video content, usually what I'm suggesting to them, particularly if it's a video that was created for the company, like a brand video or something like that, right? And we're publishing it directly on LinkedIn. And I'm suggesting that they publish it to their company page, but then have key members of their team who are active on LinkedIn to to share that content or repost that content with some additional dialogue or thoughts around that content to their personal feed, right? Does that make sense to you? Is that kind of the way you would recommend doing that as well? Yeah, look, and ultimately we've got to have a look at what is that video about and then what's the way that we can get that seen by as many people. So the way the LinkedIn algorithm kind of works these days is it rewards conversations. So if you can get as many people commenting over on that post, that's a good thing, right? So that's our first, you know, big tick. And that's always what we're striving for. So if you want your post seen by more people, we need more comments. And how do you do that? Start conversations, ask questions around whatever that video was and get people involved. Having your team come across and start that conversation I liken it, Ben, to when you go to a wedding and everyone's having a great day, probably a few drinks in, and there's a dance floor in the middle that's always empty. The music can be good, but until that first person gets up and goes out there and starts dancing, everybody else just sits back and watches. And this is why it's important to get your team to come over and comment first. They get up first and then everybody else can follow because no one wants to go first. That's the Mm. simple answer. LinkedIn also give us some other tools, which is something called reposts. So similar to like a retweet over on Twitter or things along those lines. And ultimately you could get your staff to come across and hit repost and they can add their own thoughts, which is one option, or just hit repost in general. Now, do they work as effectively? No, they don't. Um, Is it always going to be better if they post themselves? Do you need to worry that there's multiple copies of that video showing up in all different places? Absolutely not. A lot of the research that the B2B Institute has shown is basically if you pick one day and everyone posts that same thing on the same day, it's like the big bang effect. And it is Mm -hmm. more powerful than just little pieces over spread out. And people have a concern that, well, Michelle, what happens if somebody's already seen the company page post and then my employee or, you know, Ben yourself, you're posting exactly the same thing. Won't like people be annoyed? And the thing is, not really. The chances of the same people seeing the same thing are pretty low. And the other thing is we just know on LinkedIn, if we see the same thing, we just scroll on by and we kind of shrug it off and go, it's just LinkedIn. The worst kind of thing that can happen to us on LinkedIn is somebody scrolling by and not stopping and looking at whatever the video content was that we paid. So it's always about how do you get them to stop scrolling and click. And if they see it coming from yourself or one of your team, it's more likely to happen than the company page. But think of the company page as a destination. It's like your greatest hits library. And we want to make sure that those kinds of things are included. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you consider the longevity of content within the algorithm on LinkedIn, as opposed to some other platforms, for example, where the post can pretty much just disappear unless you go hunting it down via, you know, page profile and so on. Um, But on LinkedIn, I I see that content can be, you know, refreshed, resurfaced just by adding further comment down the line, even a week or two after posting it, you can continue to 
to kind of push it in the newsfeed. Is, is, that, is that what you see as well? Yeah, you can get 48 to 72 hours, I would say is about the average. Up to two weeks, things will still keep popping up and keep coming around depending how popular the conversation is. And again, that's the comments that are going on. So it's really important if someone comments on your post that you respond to those comments pretty quickly. And as I say, always keep trying to ask as many questions to keep that conversation going. So I, you know, an example this week, you know, some of the different formats on LinkedIn, for instance, articles and newsletters are indexed by Google. I had someone comment on an article that I wrote on LinkedIn, which I even forgot about three years ago this week. I was like, that's a new record. That is kind of crazy when I think about it. I had another one from two years ago. And this is why, even though, for instance, articles and newsletters, well, articles before, they wouldn't go as far as a normal post, but it's still traveling a couple of years later, which is just mind-blowing to think about. I had to go back and go, what did I write back then? (laughs) I was a bit worried for a minute because I've come a long way since then, but turns out the advice is still good. Michelle, that brings up uh, another another thought here. And obviously on LinkedIn, the ways that you can post content is there's there's multiple media formats, right? So here at Engage Video Marketing, we focus on video content and believe in the power of that. But, you know, LinkedIn, there's a lot of value to the written word on there. There's articles on there. Um, there's newsletters that you can you can post periodically and obviously photos and so on. So, you know, how do you see the different interplay between different types of content being posted And you see, is there one better than the other in your mind? If you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said polls, go hard on polls. You could post what's your favourite kind of chocolate and get 50,000 impressions. It was crazy. They were everywhere, yeah. It it was out of control. And then last year what we ended up with was carousel sliders, so the PDF documents that you slide across Mm. and people were going up to like 50-odd slides. It it was well beyond my uh, attention span. And so that was something that was really popular. I think what we've seen, LinkedIn did a bit of a change to their algorithm mid last year and they say that they're rewarding knowledge and advice. So speak to one audience on one topic and generate a conversation. That's as simple as the algorithm is. I kind of look at it from a different perspective and say, what does your audience want and in what kind of formats do they want? And so for me, there's a reason as a learner, if I look at my own style, if you ask me to learn by listening to a podcast, I would go to sleep. I also host two podcasts. (laughs) If you asked me to learn via YouTube, I get really frustrated, but I have a great YouTube channel. If you ask me to write, I enjoy writing and learning by that, hence why I've written a couple of books on LinkedIn. But the point I want to make is everybody learns differently. And I think the right answer is to have a mix of everything. You'll always have a dominant style for you and your clients is going to be video for sure. And how do you reuse that in interesting ways? So it might be sometimes sharing a link to the full video over on YouTube. It might be a short clip. It might be a 10-minute section that goes into things a little bit deeper. You might want to jump on a LinkedIn Live. I think the idea is to go, how can I be of service to my audience? How do I get that message across? And how do I make sure it's useful for someone else? Because at the end of the day, we're trading their time and attention the message that we're putting out there. So I I think the right answer is to mix it up. And if you're just starting out and not sure which one to do, I say, start with your favorite. If text only is what you think is easiest for you to get done, which is how I started, because I, 
I absolutely suck at graphic design or anything creative along those lines. And so for me, just writing text was it. Sometimes I shared link to articles over, you know, that I discovered on the internet somewhere and wrote my thoughts on it. Whatever the thing is that will help you start there and then experiment with these other formats as we go on. For your clients, they might have lots of video content that they've already created that's sitting in a file somewhere online, gathering dust. And I say, bring it out and repurpose it. It doesn't matter how old it is. You know, a lot of content's evergreen and will show off your skills and your message just as much. So, you know, whatever the place is that you're most comfortable with, start there and then look forward to mixing it. Because I, I don't like to give people the green light to say, well, Michelle said, do my favorite and I never want to be on video. So I'm just going to do text only. No, this is not your excuse not to try new things. Um, I, I think it's important to have a go at it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the framing you put there around, but it's also about how your audience wants to consume the content from you as well. So, you know, particularly if you think about, um, the, whatever message that you want to communicate, whatever you want to teach, whatever you want to share, what is the right format? For this content if video is the answer then probably should make it into a video if it's a thing that's better shared in a longer form article then you know do that if it's you know better shown visually post an image you know so think about what is the best form of content for the message and for my audience i think it's a really good filter and way to think about that yeah and when you're always focused on why you're creating it and who are you creating it for like you do with your clients all the strategy behind things then the format choice becomes obvious. You know, you don't have to overthink that. And I think a lot of people get analysis paralysis, trying to think, should I do this or this or this? Uh, in the world of social media, you know, we have a saying, you know, done is better than perfect. So for all the perfectionists that might be listening, it is better to have something out there that is, you know, pretty good rather than the best ideas stuck in your head. None is better than perfect. I love that. And speaking of perfect, well, probably speaking of less than perfect in my case, and probably many of the listeners of this show as well, feel that their company page on LinkedIn is less than perfect. In fact, ours is probably almost a little bit dead. We don't get a lot of traction. We do post content on there periodically, but it seems to go nowhere. So what can I do? How can we revive a dead, possibly dead company page on LinkedIn? If it's any consolation, I am a specialist in reviving flatlined company pages. So I come across them all the time and it's not unusual for people to have a company page that kind of just sits there gathering dust. So what would I do to start her up again? First thing that I want you to do is go back and on the left-hand side when you're in page admin view, there's a button called edit page. It's in the menu. You're going to go through there and you're going to make sure that your page has been set up properly. And what I mean by that is make sure that there's no missing information, the details are all correct, and it really reflects your business as it is now. The reward that I'll give you for doing that is LinkedIn tells us pages that are 100% complete give us up to 30% more weekly impressions. Mm -hmm. They would also okay. say if you posted at least once a week, then you can also increase those impressions, right? So we can't just disappear and then say the page doesn't work. We have to put some love into it. So how much love would we put into it? One post a week is fine if you are only like a micro business, it's just yourself or maybe it's like someone else. 
just start off with keeping it ticking over. And you heard me talk about the greatest hits library before, which is how I want you to frame the company page from now on. So it is not going to be the place that's going to generate millions of impressions, but when someone wants information, they're going to come across there. Now I call it the greatest hits library because I'm going to show my age. So I'm, I'm 47 now, but I used to save up when I was younger to buy CDs and you would buy the you know normal CD and there'd be three good songs and probably 15 ones that were rubbish. And then every now and then when an artist got big enough, you got the greatest hits library, which was, as someone said to me, all killer and no filler. <laughs> so what I want you to do with your company page is take that approach where you're not just putting stuff there and you know just dumping it there just to keep it ticking over. Just put the good bits on there. So if someone's doing their research, they find the best of your company. Spend the rest of your time putting it over on your personal brand and growing that. If you're a much bigger business and you've got more resources, then I'd love for you to be posting three times a week. But I would say for most people, the strategy with how you can keep up with this content is repurpose probably the huge volume of content that most of us have got sitting around that we've already created. It doesn't need to be brand new. And I think that's where you can take away some of the stress and overwhelm. Most people, when they come to me, like, I can't keep up, Michelle. Like, how do you do it all? And, you know, if you create long form videos, they are perfect for then repurposing into shorter clips or like you said, turning them into blog articles or posts. Uh, there's so much content and so many different ways you can take a longer video and bring that back down. Uh, so that would be my advice. Keep it ticking over and just show it a bit of love. And just if you don't compare it to your personal profile and just say, you know what, it's not here to do that. It's not going to work the same. I'm going to treat it differently. Then it becomes a whole different prospect. So hopefully that will help you get yours started as well. Bit of CPR for the company page. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you think about the personal profile on LinkedIn, there's quite a number of features that you can set up and add to your personal profile. I feel that the company page features are pretty limited, but are there some things there that many people don't do or overlook or forget to set up properly? Absolutely. And the problem has been up until about three or four years ago, LinkedIn themselves, I think, almost forgot about company pages, yeah. you know, and that sounds crazy given they've been around for 20 years, like LinkedIn's not new. But what happened was with COVID, all of a sudden, everybody took their ad spend and brought it over to LinkedIn because that's where everyone was. It was like the gold rush for LinkedIn themselves. And so they were cashed up. Why does this matter? Because you need a company page to run ads. Now, the team at the time when I started talking about company pages, so I set my business up four years ago, there was about four or five of them. There's now about 45 of them in the company pages team. So LinkedIn's company page team, it sounds silly, but they're just getting started. And we have seen so many new features. For instance, I had to rewrite, I, I co-authored the world's first and only book dedicated to company pages. And we did that in 2021 and we had to update it and do the second edition and release that just at the end of 2023 because so many new features had come through. If I was, you know, starting out on a company page and I had to pick two things, which I think are should be like part of your program, that would be LinkedIn Lives and LinkedIn Newsletters. And the reason LinkedIn Newsletters is because they're the ultimate tool for repurposing 
and you can build up subscribers. So I love using it to talk about my latest podcast episodes or my YouTube videos. And I bring that across and you can embed them in the newsletter. And then they're indexed by Google and you just get this really great circle where people get notified every time you put one out and it helps drive people and take actions in other places. Uh, LinkedIn Live is my favorite form of video uh, on the platform, but it's a much more casual and again, can be repurposed. So for your you know, clients that you're working with, Ben, they might create longer form videos off LinkedIn. That's totally fine, but make sure you're repurposing, get value for money out of the time and effort that you're putting into making these videos and really stretch it as far as you can. And you'd just be surprised just how many different ways that you can use these things. Yeah. So you mentioned LinkedIn lives there, and I think that's something that I definitely see people overlooking in many cases, maybe because of the fear of going live. But how do you think um, a company should think about LinkedIn live? Should they just find one spokesperson to, to be the face of their lives or should they go a bit more varied than that? What, what are your quick thoughts on LinkedIn live for companies? I've kind of seen both work. I've seen where we've got a consistent show time with consistent people uh, showing up every week. The guys at StreamYard who, uh, you know, obviously run a hosting system, they've done a live every Sunday for the last three years, I think it's been. Now, why it works, we always know to look out for it. It becomes like your favorite TV show. You know what kind of format, but for them, why are they doing it? you get that interaction with the audience. You get, you know, their format is you can give feedback on features. Like they've got that instant, you know, communication with the users of their product. And I don't care what kind of product or service that you have, building a brand community is really important. And we're seeing that, you know, we've gone away from different forms of marketing. You know, it used to be try, you know, try and reach as many people as possible. Then it was all targeted, you know, e-commerce certainly, you know, nailed that one. Now what we're seeing is where do people hang out? Where does people hang out to talk about your brand? And LinkedIn lives are a lot of fun. They don't have to be, you know, I guess a lot of preparation can go into it. You can have ask me anything styles. I've seen people do game shows. I've seen people do comedy kind of stuff. I think have some fun with it over on LinkedIn is what my advice definitely is. I don't want people to create LinkedIn content. I want them to create, you know, engaging content, creative content, content that helps their audience get more from their products or services. But I, I kind of liken it to, you know, on the Wizard of Oz, when we pull the curtain back to see the wizard, that's why you should have lots of your team members out there and on show so we can actually see well, okay, Michelle's company is called B2B Growth Code, but what's going on behind the scenes that we want to know about? So, you know, and you'd be surprised. LinkedIn Lives are a lot of fun. It's where I started. So I was petrified of making a five-minute video for a digital marketing course I'd signed up for, which is hilarious now that I think about it, but I wouldn't do the course because I wouldn't make a five-minute video. And now I'm on, you know, LinkedIn Lives weekly, once or twice a week for the last few years. So they're really quite a fun way to start. Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, the power of going live when you get over that fear is it does humanize the relationships that you're building around your business. You know, it, you just have to be real and human when you're on a live because you can't be polished and perfect. And, you know, I think making that part of a strategy is, is a fantastic way to just let your people be people and people buy from people, don't they, Michelle? important points. People do buy from people and, you know, it takes that pressure away. And 
the thing is by doing that, not everybody is embracing it. So it's an immediate way that your brand can stand out and it does not matter the size of your business. No one's looking going, oh, that's a LinkedIn live. And there's only two people in that business. No, they go, that's quality. I've learned something or I've been educated or entertained, whatever, you know, the goal is for the show. But ultimately, you're starting to build community and that's powerful and that's where the money comes from. Maybe not directly working with those people, but they're certainly going to be people that refer your business on to other people when they're having conversations. And that's what we call dark social. It's those conversations that we don't know about that are happening, not just directly what happens during the live. Yeah. I love it. Michelle, you have absolutely inspired me to put some love and attention into our LinkedIn company page and to be honest, do more lives as well on LinkedIn. So hopefully inspired our listeners and viewers of this show as well. But if people want to learn more from you or follow more about what you teach and share around LinkedIn, where's the best place for people to find you? I'm assuming LinkedIn, right? You guessed right. I am over on LinkedIn. So it's Michelle J. Raymond. So my initial is there to make it easier for you to find me because there's so many Michelle Raymonds on LinkedIn. So Michelle J. Raymond. And if you prefer to learn via video, I have a YouTube channel at Michelle J. Raymond that you can come and find me over there. Uh, You know, either way, I'd love to be connected with the community and, you know, continue this conversation to see if I can inspire some other people to uh, bring their company pages and LinkedIn back to life. Love it. Well, if you're listening and you've been inspired, make sure to connect to Michelle J. Raymond over on LinkedIn and let her know that you heard her here on the show. And uh, Michelle, I'm looking forward to connect more with you in San Diego in a couple of weeks as of the time of this recording. And uh, yeah, looking forward to upping our LinkedIn game in 2024. Excellent. Until then, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best and looking forward to hearing you speak as well. All right, my friends, I hope you found that useful and inspired you to get up and get your LinkedIn company page functioning better and a more important part of your strategy for 2024. I know it has for me as well. We've already implemented some stuff. So why not go and connect with me on LinkedIn? If we're not, just search for Ben Amos. Hopefully you'll find me Um, and definitely connect with Michelle J. Raymond on LinkedIn. Don't forget the J so she stands out from other Michelle Raymonds there. You'll have all the links to everything that we talked about in this show at uh, the podcast show notes page at engagevideomarketing.com slash 296. That's right. This is episode 296. We're getting close to episode 300 here on the show. So thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me again for next week's episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Until then, bye for now. Growing a video business can be hard, and I reckon one of the things that makes the game of business even harder is when you're going it alone. This is why I set up the Strategy Board Mastermind program, and I want to invite you to join us. The Strategy Board is a high-impact, collaborative 12-month paid group program specifically for the owners of established video strategy and production businesses who desire further skills, tools, inspiration, and guidance to achieve their goals. It's delivered in a controlled and facilitated discussion around growth and expansion of each business across the duration of the program. The Strategy Board is designed specifically for video strategists or video business owners who are actually in business and doing it and want to just do it better. 
The program consists of quarterly virtual board meetings, as well as monthly mastermind sessions. And alongside the other members of your board, you get direct coaching and support from me as together we hit targets and grow your video business into the business that you know it can be. To learn more and apply, go to engagevideomarketing.com slash board. Fill out the short form there and if suitable, I'll invite you to jump on a call directly with me to see how the strategy board could be the right fit for your business this year. That link again is engagevideomarketing.com slash board.